Hella black, man. First ever saw the 2022, man. Mid-January, but nigg- niggas here. I know, bro. I just <laughs> this this the longest we this the longest we probably went without recording a, a podcast since uh that 2016 to 2018 hiatus. <laughs> I think I've been down with COVID, man. Oh, that, 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 that's what's really been going on, man. I know. Omarion very had me down bad, but you know, niggas here rec- recording how we gonna record it over Zoom. You know what I'm saying? Making this shake, and getting this shit done. <laughs> Bro, I was putting all this equipment together. I'm like, bro, I was really getting stressed out. I'm like, bro, I have not done this shit for hella long. You feel me? Like something that becomes some muscle memory. You don't do it for a few weeks. You're like, oh, fuck. What is, where goes where? You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for this headphone jack and shit. I can't find it. You know, I'm stressed out and shit. <laughs> yeah, I got lucky that I, uh, that we had Cadre. Uh, we had those classes over the last two weeks because if it weren't for those, I don't know how much, uh, like, I guess, like, talking I would have been doing. Nigga, I ain't been doing no talking, nigga. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least this kind of talking, like, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been in there mute. <laughs> on, a, on a vow of silence type shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, niggas needed to do some shit like that, but not under those circumstances. <laughs> For real. Because it wasn't like you could really relax, you know what I'm saying? Hell like, what is what is relaxation when your immune system is fighting for your life? Like that's not, it's not really rest. It's the opposite of rest. Actually, complete opposite. Yeah. You know, bouncing back. We're going we had a, we had a strong 20, 2021. We're going to have a strong 2022 with this media, with this organizing. You know what I'm saying? I think I think you're just trying to find that that proper balance of programming. Because of course you gotta have programs for revolution. You can't just talk about it. You can't just theorize about yeah. it. You can't just tweet about it. You gotta have that program. You know what I'm saying? But uh that media component is important too. Yeah, I will say that that break. Political education, you know. Yeah, I, I will say like not recording for the last because even the last one that we dropped, uh was that on neo-colonialism? No, was it? Maybe, yeah. It was episode 117. The last one we dropped, uh, we recorded before we actually ended up dropping it. And so it's been, I will say, like, not recording for the last, like, three or four weeks has a, has made me excited about, has made me excited about the podcast. I think anytime you're able to step away from something that you do so often, it can develop a sense of like appreciation for it, and that's how I feel. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely have missed. Rec- I don't can't say if I missed. I miss recording, but not as much as I missed the like. Okay, writing like the outlines and thinking about what topics we should put, and like writing like the bullet points and shit. That 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 was something the I missed process. for sure. Yeah, yeah. and and like uh, not so much the creative process. The, the creative process, in addition to. Um, or would it be, I guess, like the the intensive, the intentional studying, right? Or it's the intentional studying, but also realizing like, oh, I understand, but I've I've read this, this has put a light bulb in my head. Let me go share this with people so that it may uh, uh, ignite a flame inside of them as well. But that's my favorite part around uh, 
that is my favorite part, but really the only the only reason, the main the main reason why I uh, do any of the public speaking or facilitation or quote unquote teaching that I do is because uh, you know after reading something, understanding something, and it leads to a shift in my side of myself. I want to share it so that it may possibly lead to a shift inside of someone else, which will again lead to uh, like you know possible qualitative and quantitative changes. I mean that's the that's the role of an organizer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's to accumulate knowledge, have it shift yourself, and then share it with others. So you know what I'm saying? It can begin to have that shift in other people, and that's where we're gonna see that change really happen. You know what I mean? Through that internal yeah. individual studying. I think that's that's one thing we we both did well this this past year is really focusing on ourselves in some way. You know what I'm saying? Like whether it's like really diving deep in our studies or just uh, spiritual aspects, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think niggas really buckled down and, and studied this past year a lot, you know what I'm saying, and, and worked on ourselves a lot, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that makes that makes us stronger organizers and should go make a better podcast, too. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'll say even within the last, like, you know, six weeks, I've been, I've been studying a lot. Uh, really, really had my head in books and uh, mostly books. Also, I've done some. I've watched some like documentaries and interviews, but for the most part, I've been, I've been reading a lot and like rereading chapters, rereading, rereading, rereading. And then when you read things like "We Are All Liberators," while you simultaneously read, uh, like I read "Class Struggle," right, um, and then picking up a book like "Imperialism: The Highest Stage of Capitalism." Reading that, I'm not finished with it though. I'm about halfway through. Uh, Again, while you simultaneously reading We Are All Liberators and then going back and reading parts, certain parts of Ujama and shit is just like, I don't know, it's just your your brain both like, it's, it's like mind, body, and spirit. Sound like they just, all these things function that one starts to connect different dots, uh, which allows things to resonate with you on a, on a deeper level. And it's like kind of like a, I don't want to call it like a matrix type shit, but you know, like when you like, when you start to understand history, you see the development in contemporary times differently. It's like, oh shit, like now I see why. I thought I knew, I thought I understand, but like now my understanding is deepening and it's allowing me to uh, move as an individual differently and show up into, for our, for our, for our situation, show up into the uh, organizing space different. Yeah, I, I feel like having a, just that solid understanding or, or developing that solid understanding of history you know what I'm saying? Because like, you can read a We Are Own Liberators and you can read an Nkrumah and you can see like the connections. You know what I'm saying? Like based off yeah. of these principles of revolutionary nationalism, you see the similarities in two different, you know what I'm saying? Two different areas. You know what I'm saying? One one in Ghana, you know what I'm saying? And then one here uh, in the so-called United States of America. And you see how these, the thing, how it all aligns, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that, 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 that'd be like the that connection for me is like all right yeah like this new africa and pan-africanism this shit is deeply connected deeply mm-hmm. connected and it's based off of principles you know what i'm saying and seeing that different periods of time people sharing those principles like what that can lead to that should just that's the shit that really give me hope you know what i'm saying because it's like it's clear a clear order of operations of how, how, to, how to get this done yeah, order operations that's rooted in uh, 
things that I things that act, <laughs> things that actually actually happened, you know? Yeah. Like it's not like you you pulling them from my from a fantasy world or uh, a place of just like idealistic hope and joy, but like now my hope and joy is rooted in things that we know for a fact have already happened. Straight up. Ain't this uh idealistic fairy tale land, nigga. We live in a real <laughs> real history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Find history with the current terrain and knowing which you know which way forward, trying to make that, that, that right step forward with understanding that everything is trial and error. Yeah, so that, that's what I that's what I value the most uh in relation to the studying that we've been doing, allowing it to like again get that deeper understanding and like, ooh, I understand this. Let me go share this with the people so that it may again uh lead to an internal and external shift the same way that it did for me. Thousand percent. Is that internal shift that gotta happen? That individual growth, that individual understanding, and once you make that individual, then you know, transforms into the collective. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't read a Nkrumah, you can't read a, a, a Jalil Mutakin, and then be like individualism. Not, that that gonna force you to join community, be a part of community, and to start organizing, start thinking about the world in a different way. Yep. We also should have started this episode off with a happy birthday, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> I'm so real shy. No, it's shout, a, shout it's out to funny. the. Shout out to the radical MLK man. Yeah, I mean, shout out. You know, all even even the MLK that was uh. I mean, I we can call. I think civil rights at that time was was still radical shit. Now a lot of the civil rights that we see in uh. Twenty twenty one is uh they doing a disgrace to the civil rights that was happening in the fifties and sixties. With this neoliberal cooning, you know. <laughs> The, the neoliberal cooning that we see folks doing, but yeah, it's it's happy birthday, Martin Luther King Jr. You know, I think it's unfortunate. Unfortunate is also a very uh, I don't know why soft comes to mind, but soft way of referring to what they what they're doing with Martin Luther King Jr. in terms of they being the uh, the mass media propaganda machine in terms of uh, reducing him to moments that. Moments, speeches, times, words, excuse me, that reduce him to a very docile Negro. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what you see on all this Black history always on ESPN, uh, these basketball games that are dedicated to to MLK. I mean, so uh, you have the FBI, the FBI that led the assassination of King between Happy MLK Day. So they, they've yeah. co-opted that. That's what the state will do. They'll harass you yeah. in real life, kill you in real life, and then co-opt your legacy to make it benefit them, to attempt to make it benefit them. But yeah, happy birthday, MLK. Straight up, happy birthday. Uh, Civil rights movement, you know, that paved the way for the Black Power movement. You come on. I mean? Paved the way, Black Power paved the way for Pan-Africanism in a lot of ways. Or the you know, Pan-Africanism didn't start there, but then help pave the way for the new African independence movement, you know what I'm saying? So if we understand that history and how movements evolve, you know, the movement evolved. And, and you know, so much, so much of, uh, I, I was wrongfully taught this too, 
so much you learn about civil rights movement is that it was this again docile, right? This like very passive, and um, we and, and Negroes spent their time on their knees begging for humanity, uh, getting their heads bashed in. But there were there were groups that were that were fighting back. Lyons County hey, Freedom Organization, the Deacons for on. Defense, right? <laughs> These were groups uh, that were that were that emerged that that emerged out of the civil rights movement right that were uh not just nonviolent. like yeah, yeah you know we we don't we and it was just a response to the white supremacist violence that uh black southerners right were being subjected to it was always it was only a response to that right it was just uh, uh black folks taking their human rights of life uh to defend their life and to, to defend their liberty into their hands and so we all got to do a better job of speaking about the civil rights movement in its entirety, right? Uh, to not do what the liberal right-wing capitalist uh, mass media machine has done, right? With their movies, with their commercials, with their shows. We, we, we cannot reduce the civil rights movement to just black folks being spit on, black girls being killed in churches and the community not doing nothing about it. Cause that's, that is a, that is, that is a, uh, a false, uh, what is the recollection of history? Is reduced yeah. is reduction. And the civil rights movement, it's always painted as nonviolent, but that was a tactic. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't a whole way of life for people. It wasn't the way of life of King. Even they used it as a direct action strategy, right? Like we gonna use nonviolence for this direct action. We gonna use nonviolence. Uh, for the boycotts, for the bus boycott, we're going to use nonviolence for segregation in restaurants. But family, they had the deacons of defense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They had King himself applied for a, a gun right, you know, or, or to, to carry a concealed weapon. You know what I mean? People outside of King's house were strapped. You know, so people forget nonviolence ain't a whole way of life. It's a tactic that people use, an organizing strategy, strategy that people use. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't like, oh, you nonviolent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's yeah. what that's what they painted it. They painted it as. But today's also the uh, the anniversary of the assassination of Lumumba too. But shout out Lumumba. Shout out to Congo. It's Lumumba, first president of the independent Congo. Come on, murdered by the CIA. And y'all favorite one of uh, liberals' favorite presidents, White people's favorite. John F. Kennedy. <laughs> John F. Kennedy. Right. What Teresa said, Lumumba was a uh, Kennedy was a fascist. <laughs> Straight up, bro. He was. Straight up. Was a fascist. Rest so, in peace to Lumumba. Straight up, man. Fuck you got to think the same people that killed uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Killed Patrice Lumumba. Come on. Killed Tupac Shakur. You know what I'm Come saying? <laughs> Come on. It's the same. It's the same body, man. Study history. They've, they've tried to kill. They they killed some of our greats because of what they were saying. When they couldn't do that, doing. When they couldn't do that, you know they're gonna throw them in jail. They're gonna they're gonna slander their names. Egregious crimes. Paint them out to be monsters. Rest in peace, Lumumba. Rest in peace, MLK. Rest in peace, Hot. 
They had that them them paper. The FBI was talking about if you don't kill yourself, we're gonna expose whatever. Some I don't know some some wild shit. FBI making up all these allegations against him, saying you got to kill yourself, otherwise we're gonna say you did this. Come on, that's what the state does: repression, lie, slander, kill, psychological warfare. Pro should never die, nigga. Cointel Pro killed movements. Cointel Pro got stronger. That's all it did. That's all it did. That shit's still alive and well and evolved. It's even stronger. But hey, China's colonizing Africa. We'll we'll get into that. Don't worry, y'all gonna we'll get into that. We will get into that. But if you didn't get anything, if there's anything you need to pull away from this uh, opening segment. Uh, do your research, right? Study for all these reasons. Study so that you may be motivated, uh, so that you may understand how the world around you is developed and how you have come to be, uh, how you have come to exist as an individual that's a part of a collective, especially if you are new African and black, right? Uh, excuse me, study so that you may understand, so that you may be motivated, so that you may find hope, uh, so that you can properly navigate a society that was built uh, for your oppression, right? Uh, for you not to thrive. Study so you know how to move that so that you may dismantle it, break it down in its entirety and understand how people have done that and succeeded uh, in the past and how they have failed. That's all we got to study, y'all. And we understand some people might not like to read. Um, yeah. There are days I don't like to read. I force myself to read. Some people can't read and that's, you know, that's why we make this podcast. That's why you have interviews out there. Uh, whatever medium works for you to where you can absorb information, you got to dive into it. You know, you can start small, like 30 minutes a day, you know? 30 minutes it's a like day. a muscle that got to be built, you know what I mean? That, that's what mm-hmm. it is. It's a muscle that got to be built. So if you ain't reading and you can't read, man, start start 20 minutes a day. Do 30 the next day. Do 40 the next day. It's like working out, you know what I'm saying? Can't can't start with three fifteen on the bench. You got to work your way up to that. It's the same same principle yeah. applies to to reading and studying. Yep, y'all read and study. We have from one of our patrons. You know they asked, "What happened to Black Joy? Why don't we do the segment anymore?" Because uh, we we read uh, Frank Wilderson's Afro Pessimism. <laughs> Chill, chill, chill. I'm joking. We ain't subscribing to that shit. <laughs> I just nah, but I ain't gonna make yeah. I it's I wish that people could see how we record the podcast sometimes. It's just like sitting down, like hey, let's not let's knock this out real quick, get it done. Um, and it's not because we don't have we don't have a care and attention for it. It's um sometimes rightfully and unrightfully so it gets put on the back burner for uh, other needs of the organization right this is you know this is the political this is a facet of the political education wing of our organization that's what that's what it is no doubt about it um and when you have a very small group of people organizing you know trying to do 300 meals every sunday and lead political education cadres and fundraise and make hygiene packs and monitor donations um it's it's hard to sometimes the podcast is going to fall to the wayside uh, and so I say that because we 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 prioritizing propaganda because that's what class struggle calls for, right? For, to 
teach the people so that they be again maybe aware so that they can move through the world differently um and support the movement that we got going on but i give you all that very in-depth contextual understanding because we sit down we just we just run through it and sometimes we don't even uh follow we don't really have we have an outline but not so much of a script and you know sometimes we just press that button and get to going so that's what's happened with black joy but as a method of accountability to make the podcast all that it can be i am here by declaring that i will start off black joy every single podcast till further notice you heard just it here to make first sure just to make sure we do black joy just to make sure we do black joy i will start it off every single time every single time and we will get this black joy segment popping and we need y'all to respect especially if you're on patreon you know like drop us y'all shit i know we said it in the past but also some of y'all don't be participating like <laughs> y'all don't even send us black joy stuff like if we don't be New Africans having fun out here. You know, I know in the 24 hours of our colonial subjugation, we got to at least have one moment of joy. There has to be something, something, right? And so patrons, share your black joy with us. Uh, Non-patrons, share your black joy with us. You can hit us on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, man, I'll, I'll tap in. With and also, we need to get more patrons. We need to get more patrons. We need to get more patrons. So go ahead, blast this out to your people. Everybody, we've asked before, and none of y'all have done it. I know y'all, none of y'all have done it. I'm not gonna say none. I'm not gonna speak absolutes, but the majority of people, of people haven't done it because as many listeners as we get, if you, if just two of y'all told people, we would see it. We would see, I think one or two people signing up every month. I think that's a, a fair analysis to reach. And so, share this with somebody. Share this. Like, hey, this is some good work y'all doing. You know. This some this some work that some this is some good work that some young brothers is doing, you know. For five dollars, you got it because I understand you know we a lot of people don't got it to be honest with all the folks that's living you know at or below the poverty line. But for those that don't aren't living at the at the poverty line or can you know swap that five dollars out for something, tell them to subscribe to our Patreon, our Patreon. Tell them to be a patron. It's gonna be worth it. Patreon.com slash whole black pod, man. Tap you. So I have to start with black joy. Black joy. There have been a multitude of things that have brought me black joy since our last segment, right? With it being about four or five weeks ago. And I would say my niece turned seven, no, eight. Oh, she's going to kill me. She'll listen to the podcast. My niece <laughs> turned seven or eight. <laughs> I'm so bad with birthdays. There's so many of them. Like, you don't understand. It's so many of us, I should say. It's so many of us. But my niece, I know her birthday. It's on December 27th. So I know the birthday, but I can't remember exactly how old she turned. But she had a birthday recently. And I got to see two of my siblings. And then I got to see my niece. I got to see two of my cousins, my aunt, my grandmother. We went out to eat. Uh, that was fun. I started doing Muay Thai, right? Uh, getting my hands and my feet updated. And that, that is, that's, that's probably been the biggest, with the exception of the class that I facilitated last Thursday, just because I had never felt that in the zone with that class. So those three things, my birthday, my niece's birthday, the, the Muay Thai and the People's Programs, cadres, uh, political education cadres, 
And so the last two are about to be connected because Muay Thai, which I've been doing for like maybe two or three weeks now, um, has just rolled over into the mental and spiritual aspects of my life. Not just, of course, with it being like a very physical thing, but I think anyone that has under, come to understand martial arts, you always hear and talk about it, like, talk about it as if it's more uh, mental and spiritual as well. But it's just, you know, Ra, who was instructor, uh, what is it, the dojo? <laughs> oh, <it's probably laughs> what is it, the dojo? <laughs> Nothing though. It's not. It's not karate. Uh, Ra, who was the instructor there, new African brother. Cobra uh, Kai. No. In new African brother, he is a. I mean, I know you're going to join too, so you you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, once you really start getting to the physical space where you can't do that shit. Uh, he just be telling me to slow down a lot. And I just realized, like, fuck, like that is such a. Uh, uh, tagline for my life. Like I just move, 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 go from one thing to another. Excuse me. And he's just telling me to slow down and breathe and focus on form and to not be in a rush and to really focus on. And I had said something like, man, I got to get my kicks right. He's like, what you think we in here doing? Like, you don't even have to think about that because that's what we're like, you're in here developing that. Right. <laughs> so as I think about, uh, even like if I think about the organization, oh, we gotta do this. We got like, what do you think we're doing? Like, why do you think we meet every week? Why do you think we read? Why do you think we study? Why do you think we hand out meals? Like, we're, we're in the process of it. Like, we're in the process and starting to really focus on the process and realizing that the process is a part of that. Uh, that the process is 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 very important. Um, the process is very important, and it's where the process is where you know we we work towards that quote unquote final destination. Um, that goal, right, that objective. And so I just, again, it's only been two or three weeks and the the physical results, right? Like it's, I'm strong. I'm in, I'm in such great shape right now, bro. Like it's insane. It's, it's, it's wild the shape that I'm in to know that I'm like about to be, which isn't old, but you know, I'm about to be 30 in a couple months. months uh, to know that I'm like, stepping into probably some of the greatest shape that I've been in and that I was like I was a division one athlete at a program that had a really good strength and conditioning program bro like all of us in there were strong as fuck uh and then in every school I went to Santa Barbara I was strong as hell humble we had a good strength and conditioning program to to be at these three schools and to say like yo I'm daring about to be in the best shape I've ever been in my life that's I don't know it, it sparked the it sparked something inside me again all damn near every aspect of my life so that's that's the joy which i'm happy about because the fact that i've had this much to say during the black joy segment is a testament to i think like how niggas is really feeling for real that's what's up bro my nigga strong as hell bro i'm like and you know my nigga's gonna be in the ufc you're gonna shave your head ball in the ufc I, i ain't gonna do that i ain't gonna do that but you know Cause you was you was going to city sports and stuff before I was even going back, you know. Yeah. Like, it took me a while to, to really want to go back into the gym for most of the reasons, whether it be uh, the virus or you know, like inside knowing, like, damn, I haven't done none of these things that I have been good at. For like bench press and squat was something I was always good at, you know. Uh, once I started taking them serious, like my senior year of high school, up until you know the pandemic hit and the gyms closed, and so I had just been in the warehouse doing like a bunch of calisthenic stuff. But once I got back in that gym and I got under the bench press for the first time and I could barely do 185 and then, you know, some like six weeks later to be repping 225 with no spot, 
come on, bro. You know I'm putting in work. No, straight <laughs> you up. And it just lose weight at the same time and develop the muscle and shit. The calisthenics, though, you feel me? Like that was just keeping your body at a at a certain level. You feel me? So it's like your body was ready to, you feel me, eat that shit up once you started moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. But nah, I'm I'm happy for you, bro. I'm proud of you too, man. That shit. That shit. That shit big, bro. Nah, I appreciate it. And it's a lot of it's a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of work. And you know how it is when you got a coach in there with you and just like people around you, like you just feed off of that energy, bro. That's why I be trying to tell people, like, bro, organizations is important. Don't let nobody tell you that. Not, Come like, on, bro. Energy because you live feed you off live other different energy. Yeah. You live different when you with people. You feel me? Like <laughs> when we was lifting me, you and uh, Brazy was lifting. Like you just live different. You feel me? You you have more energy. It just it is what it is. <laughs> and people around you motivate you. Let me piss real quick, bro. One second. I've been drinking so much water, and I'm trying to. I'm like overdoing it while I'm here in Detroit. Cause, excuse me, you know how hard it is to stay hydrated when it's cold outside. Yeah. That's so I've been like having to overdo it. <laughs> Shit, that's one thing I've been doing is staying hydrated, though. I'll tell you that much. I've just been in there drinking fucking water and tea past two weeks. Man. Gallon, minimum a gallon a day. Yeah. But shit, my black joy. Shit, I've been down with COVID the past couple of weeks, so that shit been a, a challenge. But shit, there was like, there was one night where I was just walking to go to the bathroom, and you know, I lost my smell and shit. And I could smell y'all cooking down there. I was like, oh my God, this shit smells so good. I'm so happy I could smell. <laughs> bro, I like just started smiling, bro. <laughs> like, I was so happy. <laughs> Cause you know you in there like your senses is gone and shit like that. My fuck, my my senses came back. I was so happy, bro. That shit, that shit really made that shit taught me to be more grateful for even the smallest shit. To be honest, yeah. you know what I mean, like my my biggest joy was one of them. I was telling, uh, that was one of my biggest joys. You know what I'm saying? That just being able to smell again, smell food. <laughs> but yeah. uh, then the next thing was shit being able to sit on the couch yesterday, bro. Like. Sitting in the living room, I ain't, I ain't did that for a couple of weeks. You feel me? So just small things like that. Sitting outside, being able to like walk around the neighborhood, you know, get fresh air. Some things we uh we take for for granted. For I know, you know, being ha- having COVID taught me that <laughs> having to being in a room for a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, those those little things, feeling better. You know what I'm saying? Even having like the strength to physically make my prayers, you know what I'm saying? Like, things like that just brought me hella joy in the past couple weeks, you know? So, like, I, I, that's my biggest takeaway is, like, the little things and then uh, trying to have patience, you know what I'm saying? So, trying to find joy in the patience, you know what I mean? Because, you know me, bro, I don't – I just like to keep it moving, keep it pushing. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, shit, the first day I could keep it pushing, I did too much. <laughs> I think it was walking around Clark Curd track and fucking shadow boxing and shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing too much. I just felt like shit the next day. I'm like, all right, I got to slow down, be patient, have patience. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I've been just finding joy in the little things. Joy in, like, shit going to get my coffee in the morning. You know? Just, just those yeah, little things. Yeah. My hope is that you can carry that with you. You know, because I think anytime you have, anytime you get sick, any like this all anytime I get sick or like anytime I get sick for sure, it's like fuck like I gotta take 
I got to take just being able to be uh, quote unquote healthy. You know, like I got to start to appreciate that a little bit more and be able to use my limbs and be able to go outside and walk and smell and talk, and, you know, and, and of course, like having those things deprived, having those, having loss of those things for, for extended periods, extended periods of time, once you start to get them back, it's easy to be in that moment. But, oh my God, thank you. Once you get back to the hustle and bustle every day, trying to survive capitalism, um, you know, you, you forget. But to the best of our ability, bro, we have to, we have to slow down. We have to, we have to. Uh, even if it's just in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Like when, you, when you're doing your prayers and you're stretching and taking them breaths in, like just some form of acknowledgement, like, you know, and gratitude, appreciation, like that shit can work wonders. And again, this is hard, but we got to find something, something. To, to yeah. hold on to and to develop those feelings. And that's what I'm trying to really, uh, as I'm, you know, on my recovery or whatever, bouncing back, that's why I'm really trying to take in is like having at least like, you know, my mornings, I, I was having like, very, I was becoming more disciplined in my mornings, you know what I'm saying? So really having like more discipline again in my morning, you know, so it's like, shit, when I wake up, all right, I look at the time, but don't look at my messages, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I look at the time, then just go take a shower, make my prayers, you feel me, go on a walk. You know what I'm saying? So at least I have, like, 30 minutes, 40 minutes where I'm just chilling, you know And that's what I mean? not even Before. a lot of time, you know? Like, when you think, yeah. like, that's not Grand really a lot of, of time. <laughs> you know? And that's that's kind of what I did this morning, you know? So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try and just build those build those routines back up, you know what I'm saying? And just be be disciplined and enjoy the, enjoy the small things, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. We, we have a... Uh, a lot to be grateful for, you know what I'm saying? And we, we can take, I don't know, take advantage of it or just don't, we don't always recognize it with the the way of living under this fucking colonial occupation, you know what I'm saying? We don't recognize the little things like shit, being able to go outside, you know, being able to get fresh air and shit, being able to walk down the stairs, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we, we got a lot yeah. of blessings that we could take advantage of. So, but yeah, that, that shit, I don't really be getting sick. So for me to be sick for, those two weeks, man, that shit. It's been a minute since I've been sick. So. I think also you got to realize, like, you was in a situation where you couldn't really fall back on the habit of the everyday routine. Because what I what I realized, right, Bruh, I was up. reading this. I was reading this. Uh, I was reading this. It's like a, I think it's a story that was in a column of a newspaper, and maybe like the like mid. Like maybe like 1940s, maybe. Oh, it's like it's older, right? But it's called Father Forgets. Have you have you seen it? It's for sure some white shit, but I ain't gonna lie, it's, it's good. I'm gonna send it to you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's called Father Forgets, and it's basically the quote that that I got from it. One of the biggest parts that I got from it is this this quote where he says, or this this sentence where he says, uh, "What has habit done to me?" And it's a father who is who is who is. Uh, recollecting on a moment that he had with his son, but this moment uh, speaks to the entirety of their like relationship, right? And he's like, oh, when, I, when you came home from school, I yelled at you because your shoes was dirty. When uh, you interrupted me when I was reading, I, you know, I scolded you. But when I, even when I did, I, even after I did all these things, like you ran in and gave me a hug and a kiss. And it was at that moment, I realized like what has habit done to me? Like my habit of just wanting you to be this type of man or wanting to be a good father or, uh, wanted to be a, a, a strict father, wanted to focus on my work, like all these things have, I just been responding to, like I've just been caught up in habit and I haven't been engaging with you consciously, right? 
Um, and so I think as it pertains to us wanting to focus on gratitude, because this is something I noticed about myself, that I have just created the habit of moving as if everything is a struggle. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that is, if, if everything is this very hard, time-consuming, energy-consuming act that I have to participate in. And I think once we can do a better job of rejecting that and starting to, you know, like not just, because things are a struggle. A lot of the work that we do is struggle and it's hard, but and that's just not, 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 not all things are that. Sometimes we just project it onto that yeah. as a result of the habits that we built, right? And so we got to, or we have to undo some of those habits, right? And that's what, especially uh, if we want to refer to like what Nkrumah says, right? Where he says like accumulating positive action, like you got to start with yourself as a vessel of that positive energy. And so I think uh, being able to combat that habit of like, oh, I don't feel like doing this or I'm tired. You know, like I look at, I look at how much I say I'm tired throughout the day. Like, what the fuck? Like, bro, okay, I know you're tired, my nigga, but like some of this shit, you just, you feel me? Like you making it worse than it got to be or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's changing the way I talk and my perspective on life. Yeah. Not to sound cliche, but like, I trust me, like I, that I know I've seen, we can we can use our own lives as examples of like when we step into something with positive energy versus when we step into it like as if it's as if it's a drag and time consuming. That's like again not not one to be idealistic. I act like all oh, the world is just fucking perfect, but some shit, bro, niggas do make harder than it got to be with our outlook. Nah, straight up. I mean, shit. That's kind of what the past couple of weeks I've been thinking about. You know what I'm saying? Because even through, I was just trying to keep my spirit right. You know what I mean? Because a lot of that fighting COVID was is mental too. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Being isolated and not knowing what symptom is what or is my breath short or you feel me? Like it, it was some mental shit. So I'm like, man, I, there, there got to be a lesson in all this. You know what I'm saying? So I got to just keep my spirit right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, got to keep my spirit right at all times. Like there's a lesson in this. It's still, you feel me? Like, alhamdulillah, everything is going to be good. I'm going to be straight. You know what I'm saying? So it's just always reminding yourself, even in the times that is challenging, you know what I'm saying? Things gonna be smooth. Yeah, things gonna work that way out. So it's taking that day so to day. You know what I'm saying? Taking yeah. that day to day, moment yeah. to moment, centering yourself every day into that. So it's it's, it's gonna be smooth. It's gonna be smooth. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, you got spiritual. And smooth. in your it's case, you gotta give it some time you know? for sure. Yeah, gotta give it some time. Got to. Well, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you shake back. Shit, me too, man. Uh, that, that's why I was trying not to, uh, you know, I'm like, because I was getting in good shape too. I'm like, you feel me? Strong. And then as soon as you get to like that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm feeling good, feeling strong. Then damn, nigga got COVID. <laughs> for that to take yeah. some time away from that. But now I'm finna, I'm finna bounce back for sure. So that's our Black Joy, y'all. Y'all need to, you know, tap in. We hope that y'all, you know, like I said earlier, sometimes I read stuff and it sparks something in me, you know. Y'all sharing y'all black joy with us might spark something in us or to another listener, you know, or another another reader because y'all can see the comments that y'all put on the, on the post yeah. and stuff. So, you know, share your joy, if not for your own self, for somebody else who might need to see and be motivated and, you know, humble and have their outlook uh, shifted. Y'all tap in. This episode is going a lot longer than we said it would. I know. We got to be at 30 it, minutes. We It's 11.45. We started damn near at 11. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I think we so. so yeah, we, we over here mobbing. We, uh, if you follow us on socials, specifically if you follow people's programs on socials, you saw for the second year in a row, we've done like a year in review. Uh, and so we definitely want to spend some time on, again, our political education platform for people's programs to discuss some of the work that, that we've done uh, this year and share with, again, our listeners who might not be on socials, but, you know, we did, people's programs had a, a, hold on, I guess good comes to mind, a good year uh, yeah, in terms strong of strong year, strong the, good year organizing. Strong year, yeah. As it pertains to the resources that we were able to, to provide via our decolonization programs, the impact we were able to have on ourselves as individuals, the, and the impact that that in turn had on the organization, which then led to the impact that it had on the community, right? Um, and so, a lot, all, and again, a lot of that work wouldn't have been done uh, without the support of the community and many of the members and volunteers that, that drive our work. So, um, thank you to, to everyone that's involved, whether it's you shared a post of ours, whether you spent $5, you sent a, t- a, t- a tent, you uh, bought a piece of merch, you reposted some merch, anything, any work that you've done to support people's programs, you know, we are super grateful because we are an organization that is for the people, uh, by the people. It was definitely, you know, a a strong year. And looking, you know, just when we reflect on where we started and where we at right now, I think 2021, we had a, a a big evolution and transformation within the within the organization, whether it was uh, internal cadre development, you know what I mean, launching a, a free mobile health clinic, you know, to a grocery program. Like we built a lot of uh, strong programs, programs for decolonization for the people this year. In the midst, you know what I'm saying, in the midst of a pandemic, you know what I'm saying, in the midst of shit constantly changing, you know what I'm saying? With, with new types of oppression <laughs> happening, you know, we, we was able to develop new programs. So uh, it was definitely a strong year of organizing, you know, first full year with having like a, a, a warehouse, you know, organizing hub, all the events we was able to do, you know what I'm saying? Like that drastically shifted the way we're able to organize, you know what I'm saying? Having the space. Not yeah. just running out of a garage no more, you know. So we made a lot of a lot a lot of leaps. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna read off some stats from the different programs we have. Right. So starting off with our longest running program, uh, People's Breakfast Oakland, which is our hot meal distribution uh, for the houses here in West Oakland. We did uh, 180 tents. 7,200 hygiene packs, 10,000 masks, 14,000 hot meals. And this is a result of uh, almost every Sunday, excluding like holidays and when we had mass COVID exposures as an organization. Uh, other than that, we were there every Sunday pulling up. Uh, so thank, thank you to all the folks who have donated, pulled up to a program, sent tents. Uh, you know, this, this work wouldn't have been possible without y'all. Then we got the community garden, 
Uh, we yielded 300 pounds of vegetables, fruits, and herbs that was put into over 700 uh, boxes of free groceries that we distributed through our free grocery program, right? And so being able to, this is where you see the connection between our programs, uh, you know, a, a garden that, it, that yields crops uh, that are put into grocery boxes that we, didn't, that we then distribute to the community. Uh, we just got access to some more land and once the, you know, uh, MOU was signed, we'll, we'll talk more about that, probably dedicate an entire episode to that. But, you know, we understand historically the role that agriculture uh, has played in, in the development of African uh, countries specifically. Uh, so, and I even, understand even us being on this land, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Going back to Booker T. Yeah. Washington, you know what I'm saying? Or even before that. Yeah. And understanding what the what the makeup of, of Oakland is like with so many food deserts and food insecurity. Uh, we we uh we are trying our best to again create programs that are that directly meet the needs of the people. And so that was our our garden stuff. Uh do you want me to keep going, B, or do you got some of the stuff put up? And I I got it on my phone already, so I can do it if you do. Yeah, you keep going. Okay. So we have political education. Uh, we did 25 episodes of Heather Black. Uh, we taught classes that we lectured at Oakland Tech, uh, Stanford, USF, University of San Francisco, uh, Columbia. We were featured on our local news, our local news uh, channels, Crime 4 and KTVU. Right? It's, it's not, it's very common that you get charity, celebrity work featured on these, uh, on these channels, but you know, with ours, very clear, we were pushing a revolutionary nationalist politics, revolutionary pan-Africanist politics when you see uh, Jalil and Malcolm X's faces broadcasted on these channels where we are all liberators and the black power fist inside the continent of, of Africa with the socialist communist stars, right? Socialist stars, you, uh, you understand what we pushing. Uh, B launched his weekly segment with Press TV Right, taking the, our new African struggle internationally and exposing the folks to the, to the, in the Middle East to uh, our colonial subjugation of uh, US imperialism, right? And then we were at the International Tribunal where the United States was charged with genocide and being able to go out there and immerse ourselves in work that was, you know, 30, 40 years in the making uh, was a life changing experience to say the least. And we also had six community learnings. Uh, we did our, we're now on our eighth book right now. With, uh, we are on Liberators with our cadres. And, you know, we, we were able to build with community movement builders out in Atlanta. Shout out to them and the work that they're doing. Uh, People's Liberation Program out in Rochester and Neighbor Program out in SAC continuing to try to build and connect our work with a revolutionary cadre organization. And of course, like B just mentioned, we had our launching of our community health clinic, right? Um, Bi-weekly services for the community, wound care, health screening, blood pressure, case management. And this is all with folks for the most part who have no uh, medical health backfields uh, <laughs> or backgrounds, you know? Bruh. Weren't in compliance and shit, talking to different lawyers, bro. I was, yeah, 
that's the test. <laughs> I, I mean, like, if it's a testament to what dedication and hard work can get you, you know what I'm saying? All of these programs, but specifically when I watch y'all, like, launching a free breakfast program was not the same as launching a health clinic. A grocery program is not the same as launching a health clinic, period, point blank, right? Like, these things are hard, and they took time, and like, learning trial and error, but if it's anything that showed me what, what can be done, especially this last program we had, when we brought the clinic out, and it was, you know, a very small team, I'm like, oh, this is, this is literally what's possible when you have committed folks. Straight up. Straight up. Yeah. Shout out to all the practitioners that support of our work as well. I never thought I would be doing healthcare compliance and health, looking up healthcare law four or five years ago. That's for so. Yeah. That shit shows when you around a group of committed people what can be done or what is happening. You know what I'm saying? What is being done? Well, shout out to that whole clinic team. You know, you, AB, Ayana, Raven, Yemi, Yenny. Uh, Diani, Dave. I hope I'm not missing anyone that's directly involved with people's programs. Uh, you said Raven? Yeah, I said Ray. Shout out to all, shout shout out out to to all y'all that's yeah, putting in that work. Um, and shout out to uh, Marcus who made a donation so that we can run this clinic. Shout out to P who made a donation strictly for these clinics, right? Um, it's again, it's a testament to what the people can do uh, when, they, when we put our heads down and it's a testament to what people rally behind the work when they see, uh, when we giving them something to believe in. And so, yeah, you got community help, you know, our, our poetry night, uh, which was a different way, I think, of community building and, excuse me, political education. And that was launched by Imani, Darius, and Michaela. Uh, and then oh, shout out to Pat. Yeah, shout out to Pat at uh, Shot Clock Studios, which is over in West Oakland, near our warehouse, uh, you know, for, for giving us that space for, at times free of charge, right, or for, for pennies. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that we were able to do in terms of bringing more people uh, physically into spaces that our space just couldn't allow, uh, Pat was always there as, as one of our biggest supporters. And so, yeah. Poetry, community health clinic, political education, grocery programs, community garden, PBO. These are the decolonization programs. These are the programs. Through these programs, we uh, strive to meet the material needs of the people. That's all that we did over 2021. And it was a result of a lot of hard work, dedication, and focus, and care, and support. You know, that's what we're building on for 2022. Yeah. And it just, again, it shows you what a small group of new Africans can do to serve the people, you feel me? Autonomously, you feel me? Independently from this state. And look what the state been doing. Look what Oakland has been doing in 2021. You feel me? You had all these uh, city council leaders saying Black Lives Matter, yada, yada, this, all, you know what I'm saying, with the George Floyd in the summer, and then they all vote for the police. Most of them vote for the police. Most of them vote to increase the police academies and to give more money to OPD who terrorizes houses people, who terrorizes black people, you know what I'm saying? So look what, look what, you feel me, new Africans is doing. Look what we is building, you know what I'm saying? This is what can be done. This is what, what got to be done, you know what I'm saying? If we're going to effectively combat the state, we got to build programs and institutions in the community that are autonomous from the state where the people got the power. That's how we build power.
That's what we're doing, man. So I appreciate all the work that everybody in the program has been putting it in. You feel me? Everybody who's been supporting the program, appreciate all the support. You feel me? Because we ain't nothing without the people. We ain't nothing without the people. You know what I'm saying? But this shit should be a testament to folks. If, if you build along alongside principles, and those principles is a guiding force, we're going to get free. We're going to get free. That's dialectics. Without question. What, what time are we at? Because I'm getting here. need to work out before they come and clean my room. <laughs> nah, we good. <laughs> they said they was coming at four. You think we solid? Yeah, we, we did an hour at least. All right. Um, before we end, these are some books that I would recommend to the people. Class Struggle by Kwame Nkrumah. Please read that. Please, please read that. It's a short read. It's 100 pages. For those that can read, for those that can read but don't like to read, for those that can read and like to read, for those that cannot read but can hear, I'm sure there's an audio version for it. Sure, maybe we're going to do a review on that book or something, too, coming soon. We have, you have, like, that is an amazing, amazing book. Please read Class Struggle by Kwame Nkrumah. Read The Handbook of Revolutionary Warfare by Kwame Nkrumah. Read We Are Liberators by Galil Muntakin. There's another one I'm going to throw in there. You know, it's a little difficult. It's been difficult for me, so I don't know. It might be easier for other folks because I'm not that versed in economics. Uh, I've just come to understand capitalism as an exploitive system. But once we start to dive into capitalism and monopoly capitalism, right, understanding that uh, monopolies are created. And when we say monopoly, where you have one person owning every facet of uh, every stage of industry and business and production and distribution, right? The same person that owns the factory, owns the store with the with the t-shirt is sold, owns the bus line, owns the trucks to where the t-shirts are taken from the factory to the warehouse. Like, like when you understand that, you can really start to see the many she owns the trash company and owns the dump you know? and everything throwing out of it. <laughs> Own the rental company where you're renting your house and your apartment from, right? Where you understand, like, literally, it's 10 people that control every facet of a nation or some shit like that. Um, you can start to, it'll give you a deeper understanding of, again, how, why the world functions the way that it does. And so I would say this last book is uh, Imperialism, the Highest Stage of Capitalism. I can only reference books that I have read or am reading. Um, I'm sure there's other great stuff out there, but these are books I've either have read or I'm halfway through reading. Um, so we got Class Struggle by Kwame Nkrumah, Revolutionary, The Handbook of Revolutionary Warfare by Kwame Nkrumah, uh, We Are All Liberators by Jalil Muntakin, and Imperialism, The High Stage of Capitalism by Lenin. What is Lenin's name? Vladimir? Vladimir. I don't know if he's Vladimir. Shout out Lenin, man. You know, we be giving these uh, Marxist Leninists some slack. But we don't give, it's not because we're giving Marx and Lenin slack. We're giving the folks who claim to be dialectical materialists but understand that Marx and Lenin were organizing Russians and or we were organizing factory workers and farm workers in 19th century Russia. You know what I'm saying? Come on, my nigga. How does that apply? And they wasn't talking about race. If you can't be you can't be black and new African and reducing, you gotta you can't just it doesn't, it doesn't. What Marx and Lenin being dialectical materialism, dialectical materialism calls for you to understand that the world is constantly changing, constantly shifting. That means your your approach should be changing, right? 
And so I'm sure if you understand that as a Marxist-Leninist and you understand, which would in turn turn you to be, would require you to be a dialectical materialist, you understand if you are Black, that your organizing, your revolutionary work has to be one that encompasses both race and class. And that's not what Marx-Lenin did, you know? Um, and they weren't talking about being new Africans. They weren't talking about new African colonial subjugation. And so again, I just went off on a tangent, but I got a lot of respect for Marx and Lenin. Um, but I think some of these black Marx, Marxist Leninists can be a little delusional, you know, which is not something that Marx and Lenin push. They push science and ration and materialism. That's, that's so read those books, y'all. People, I don't know, people like worship them. <laughs> That's what we have. I mean, they they be dropping heat. You feel me? I I I I respect I respect the shit out of their work, bro. Like a lot. But you see, you gotta understand where it, where it can be applied, where it can't. Yeah. In a time period, so yeah. But study, feel me? Studying that that's how we gonna transform our minds, transform our individual selves, and then. Ultimately, transform community, and that, that's what I know. We both gotten from really diving into diving into our studies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit, that shit, give me real hope. You know what I'm saying? Real, real revolutionary hope, because you know, when you understand the history of revolutions, the history of of change, you can see how that change can be applied to your daily life and to your your location. You know what I'm saying? Your your respective locale. We're going to get free. We're going to continue this work in 2022, man. Next week, we'll be dropping another episode of Hella Black. So don't worry. We actually might drop two this week. Shit, I'm going to record another one tomorrow. Shit, you know. Come on. We're going to make it shake. Some more content on the way. Don't worry, y'all. Patreon.com slash Hella Black Pod, man. Go tap in.